Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father, we worship you and we bless you. We minister to you, Father. Father, we worship you. We're, we're here tonight to receive from you, Lord. Not Dwayne Wright, but we're here to receive from you. Father, you are the greatest teacher. You sent the Holy Spirit. You said when he comes, he will guide us into all truth. And thy word is truth, Father. We come to receive from your word tonight, Father. We worship you and we bless you, Father. And we minister to you tonight, Father. We minister to you, Father. We worship you and we bless you and we glorify you tonight, Father. We thank you for your miracle work and power tonight. We thank you for the healings. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit and operation here tonight, Father. We glorify your name, Father. We thank you that not one person will leave here the same because of the power of the word and the power and might of the Holy Spirit. We yield ourselves to you, Father. We worship you and we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, you're the greatest teacher on earth. You're the greatest preacher. And we ask that you'll preach and you'll teach and you'll demonstrate the compassion of Jesus tonight. And we worship you and we bless you, Lord. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We glorify you, Father. We thank you for coming here. And Lord, we believe in you for revival, Father. Revival starts now, Father. We worship you. We thank you that not one person will leave here the same, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you for revival fires burning on the inside. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. Hallelujah. Revival. Hallelujah. Ooh. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for revival tonight. Hallelujah. Do y'all want revival? Do y'all want revival? Hallelujah. 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 Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Revival. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to wait on him. Father, we worship you. We wait on you, Father. Father, we're tired of religion. We're tired of church. We, come, we want to know you, Jesus. We want to know you, Father. We want to know you, Father. We're tired of religion. Oh, we're tired of religion. Oh, Father, we put away our agendas and our sermons and our programs. We want the Holy Ghost to come in here and change us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. Revival. Revival fires burn on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, 
Hallelujah. If you came in here sick tonight, you're not going to leave here sick. If you came here depressed and oppressed and possessed by devils, you're not going to leave here the same tonight. You came here unsaved, you will leave here saved. If you don't know how to speak in other tongues, the Holy Ghost is going to baptize you tonight. Hallelujah. God wants to demonstrate his power. Hallelujah. This is not a game. This is, this is where God, wherever Jesus is, he shows up with his miracles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For too long, we've had in the church sermons and, and uh, the preaching and the teaching, but we never had the power. We never had the power. Hallelujah. God wants to grow out legs, open deaf ears. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, Lord, we welcome your presence. Oh, we welcome your presence. Hallelujah. God says create an atmosphere conducive for miracles. We worship you, and we join ourselves with the elders of, in heaven, and we worship you, and we bless you, and we create this atmosphere. We speak peace in here tonight. We speak peace in here tonight. Hallelujah. We thank you that angels are stationed around this church to create atmosphere conducive for miracles. Hallelujah. For miracles. Miracles. Hallelujah. 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 If you have pain in your body, stand up. Thank you, Lord. Come up. Thank you, Lord. Says the believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, Lord. What you heard in there? Your leg and your back. Father, I thank you, Lord. It is not I that doeth the word, but it's you, Father. I thank you. Your word says in Mark 16 that the believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And right now, I lay my hands on my sister right now in the name of Jesus. And I command this pain to leave her body in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Where you heard it? Your leg? Where at? Right there. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lay hands on my sister. And I pray that your healing power will flow into her body. Father, I curse the root cause of this pain. And I command it to leave her legs right now, for Jesus bore that on the cross. And I thank you for healing her leg. In Jesus' name, amen. You don't have to feel nothing. Your leg? Your knees? Okay. Father, I lay hands on my brother on his knees, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus. I curse the root cause of this pain, and I command it to leave him in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that you'll grant unto him wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Father, even as you kept Jesus as he was growing wrecked and strong in the spirit and growing up in stature. I pray for this young man that you'll keep him and you preserve him from the wicked, the wicked works of the enemy, Father. I thank you that your hands are upon him for miracles. Your hands are upon him for what you have called and purposed before the foundation of the world. I pray that you'll surround him 
godly people all the days of his life. In Jesus' name, what about you? Headache. I command this headache to leave, my brother, in Jesus' name. I thank you for doing it, Father. It's you that do it the work. And I trust you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good to be here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to talk about catching the vision of God. Catching the vision of God. Let's go to Mark chapter 12. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to study the word. Sometimes like preaching and different stuff, but to teach tonight. The word, I got lots and lots of scriptures. A lot of times ministers preach and teach inspirational messages, but they don't teach and preach the word. It is the word that is going to make the difference. It's what you do with the word that's going to make the difference. And tonight we're going to share with you from the word about catching the vision of God for your life. These are things that causes revivals. Okay, we know... We know that God is sovereign in a sense, right? But God is sovereign to the point of his word. And what we know of the word and what we do with the word is going to make the difference. Okay, God just does not sovereignly move and own a city. In God's eyes, his heart and his desire is for all the cities to be in revival. But we have said, God sovereignly moved over here. God sovereignly saved this person. God just, just doesn't sovereignly save a person. It's because somebody prayed. Somebody fasted. God doesn't sovereignly move like that. There are things that people have done to cause, or I should say, put, put themselves in a position to receive an outpouring of God. Do you understand? We've been taught that God sovereignly moves in the gifts. So God sovereignly moves upon a person they get saved. God sovereignly moves in uh, a city, and the whole city is in revival. You can cause revival everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. You don't have to, God is not, we're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. Will we be the generation who do the works of Jesus? Jesus went around healing the sick, casting out devils. I mean, when have you seen in this generation where a person did not have a leg or an arm and somebody prayed for him and God grew it out? I'm not talking about a couple of inches. I'm talking about an entire leg. God wants to do that. He did it in the works of Jesus, in the ministry of Jesus, and we're supposed to be the extension of that ministry. So that is something that we can do to put ourselves in a position to cause God to move wherever we go. I heard one minister say, God does what you do. God prays where you pray. God lays hands where you lay hands on. If, they don't, if you don't preach, they don't hear. So we're God's extension. We're God's hand to this world. Hallelujah. So we need to find out what are the keys to catch the vision of God for our generation. I told God, I said, God, I just don't want to be another minister. I don't want to be just another different ones. I'm not going to mention any names, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. God wants to move. He wants his word to be so alive in the earth. Hallelujah. 
I know y'all not used to it, but it's okay. Hallelujah. I am becoming free and free every day from the opinions of men. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, Somebody said, God is raising up a new breed of ministers. And he is. He is. They're going to be different and unique. This generation is different. There's more devils in this generation, it seems like, rebellion against the parents. Fear, the fear of God needs to come back to our generation. We need to reverence and honor our parents. This is not being taught. We need to reverence and honor our parents. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. When you disrespect your parents, you're disrespecting God. And you want God to bless you and call you into the ministry and do whatever you want. But when you disrespect your parents, you're disrespecting God. And we need to respect our elders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to be different than the world. The world is not looking for somebody to act like them, to dance like them, to talk like them, to have music like them. He wants different. God says he's called you separated, separate you outside of this world. You're a peculiar type of people. You're not just anybody. You're God's people. We're supposed to look good, dress good, act good, talk nice. I mean, some unsaved folks act better than we do. And we're supposed to have the love of God. They are, they're not even saved. There's something different. There's something wrong. And tonight we want to find out how to get God in our life. I mean, you can be saved and still lost. Still not knowing where you're going. Um, suicide rates, the suicide rate is just as high in the church as it is in the world. There's a problem. Sexual sin, divorce. There's a problem. Tonight we're going to get the answer. Catch the vision of God. Mark chapter 12, verse 29. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 12, verse 29. Verse 28, one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well. And asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here. O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. For this is the first commandment, and the second is like, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And there's no other commandment greater than these. The first commandment is to love thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. This is God's vision for you. It's for you to love him with everything that you are. The second is likewise. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In order for me to love you, I must love myself. So in order for me to love myself, I must love the Lord. Okay, let's go to Jeremiah 31. Hallelujah. It's good to go through scriptures. A lot of times we get one text and somebody preach on it forever. But this is a new breed of ministers that God is raising up. We are sticking by the word. It's tired of emotionalism. There's nothing wrong with being emotional. 
When God comes on you like that, you lose. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Say, the word of God is rich. It adds no sorrow to my life. It only adds peace and long life. Therefore, I love the word. I'm not just a hearer of the word. But I'm a doer of the word. Therefore, Lord, Therefore, Lord teach, me teach me thy word. Thy word. Okay, Jeremiah 31, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with thee, excuse me, make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. They shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. From that passage of two verses, we see that God wants us to know him. It is important for you and I to get to know Jesus. We're getting to know ministry. We're getting to know church. But when, and when are we going to stop to get to know Jesus? We've been in church all our lives. But we have to get to stop to, to know this God. Hallelujah. So catch the vision of God. Number one, God wants you to fellowship with himself. This is the first purpose that God created mankind. It's to, for fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. fellowship. Fellowship is two fellows in the same ship. You can be related to somebody, not necessarily in fellowship with them. You can have a distant relative. See, relationship is, I can't help it, you're my brother. But fellowship is because you want to. So Jesus came, when we were born again, Jesus came and, and gave us our relationship to the Father. But our fellowship with the Father has to be developed. So tonight, the vision of God for you tonight if I can say, the word of God for you tonight is for you to get to know the Father. If, if anybody want a word, this is your word. Get to know God. <laughs> so this is the word. This is the word. I'm not going to touch that, but this is the word. Get to know Jesus. Fellowship. God is calling you and I for fellowship. There's nothing greater than fellowship with the Father. He's calling for fellowship. Okay? John chapter 17, verse 3. Hallelujah. It's good to be home. Man, I've been in Oklahoma too long. <laughs> John chapter 17, verse 3. Let's start with verse 2. Scriptures are good. So tonight we want to overshadow you with some scriptures to give you some meat to eat. Hallelujah. John chapter 17, verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. This is Jesus praying to the Father. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal. 
This is life eternal. This is life eternal. That they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So this is true life eternal. Dying and going to heaven is not when eternal life begins. But it begins when you receive Jesus. But you have to stop to get to know your God. Okay? Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Talking about the, to catch the vision of God. Catch the vision of God. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. Let's start with verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. This is Paul talking. He just described everything that he accumulated in his life. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency or the value of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. For I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It says, but being found in him, not having my own righteousness. This relationship that Jesus brought to us on the cross was nothing that we can earn. Only thing that we can do is receive it by faith, is by believing. So in order for me to you and I, to get to know the Father, we must understand righteousness, what God has done through Christ Jesus. Okay? So before I can approach God's throne, I must understand who I am in Christ. What did Christ do? Yeah, he died on the cross, was raised from dead for my justification. What does that mean? How can I apply that to my life in 1997? Okay, this is what righteousness is. Righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt or inferiority. That means that I can go to God based on the standings of Christ, what Christ did. It's not how much I pray or how much I fast or how much I did all the right stuff, but it's based on what Christ did. Okay? And when I come to God based on what Christ did, it opens the throne room of God to me. So everything that God has, if I come based on what Christ did, I can have it. But if I come based on my own works and what I have done and what I have accomplished, I've been saved all my life, I've been praying all my life, then I have nothing. 
but being found in Christ Jesus, not having my own right standing or my own standing. I can come before God based on what Jesus did. Even though he knew no sin, he became sin for me that I may become the righteousness or the have right standing with God. Hallelujah. It's not based on my works. Hallelujah. And when you understand righteousness, it will begin to work its way into holiness into your life. You won't begin to struggle with your flesh anymore because you understand it is the grace of God that I am standing where I am. It is the grace of God where I am. So it's nothing that I can do. It's nothing I can say. It's nothing I can pray but believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. It's not talking about sufferings of sickness and disease and poverty, but it's talking about suffering your flesh on a daily basis of praying and reading your Bible and fasting and worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, and then it talks about I'll press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That means I'll press towards my, my, against my flesh to get what God has called me to do. This flesh is a mess. So therefore, I must crucify, or I must see myself crucified with Christ. When you begin to see yourself crucified with Christ, then therefore, you won't begin to do the things that you're doing now. Hallelujah. The old man has been placed upon the cross with Jesus. So therefore, I can walk in newness of life based on what Jesus did. Hallelujah. So catching the vision of God. God wants to fellowship with you. He wants to get to know you individual. He doesn't just want you to know him based on church or based on your parents or based on the things that you do for him, but he wants to know you personally. He wants you to spend that time in your prayer closet and in your word, in your worship time, in your fasting time to get to know him. God says, why should you wait to get to heaven to get to know me when you could get to know me now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The word is good. It is rich. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word. How important is the word? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and perfect will of God. Okay, he's, he's, he's beseeching us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And then he turns around and tells us about what to do with our minds. Be not conformed to this world, or, or do not think like the world thinks. You know, the world thinks different the way God thinks. So in order for me to get to know what, how God thinks, I must get in the Word. The Word is important. The Word is important. Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. Hallelujah. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good the acceptable and perfect will of God. That's a threefold walk. There's a good walk, there's an acceptable walk, and then there's a perfect walk. There's the 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold. Which one do you want? It's your choice. I want the 100-fold perfect will of God. 
I heard one man of God say that most people live and die before entering into the first phase of what God has called them to do. That's, that's sad. What are you going to do about it? After tonight is over, what are you going to do with what we're about to give you? Are you just going to say, that was a good service. God really blessed. But are you going to apply? It's not about hearing. It's not about hype. It's not about anything but you getting to know Jesus. So there's a good, there's an acceptable, and the perfect will. And I want the perfect will. I want the hundredfold. I'm greedy. I want to take my reward and yours. So I'm going after everything that God has for me. That's talking about that pressing, pressing towards the mark. Okay, you can have a hundredfold walk with God if you want it. This is the vision for this is the vision of God for everyone, for a hundredfold walk with Him. He wants a hundredfold walk. I don't have to barely make it, make it into heaven. I can ha- make it to heaven and have rewards. Hallelujah. Okay. That was good, right? That was a good message. That's a good word. But now we're going to tell you how to do it. How to do it. We've heard good messages like this, and we go home like, wow, I want to get to know God. How to get to know God. Now, God is raising a new breed of minister to teach you how. Hallelujah. 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 This is the how to catch the vision of God. To have a hundredfold perfect walk with God. Okay? Psalms chapter 1. Thank you, Lord, for the word. It's burning on the inside of me so strong. Thank you, Lord. The word is rich. It's better to me to honey. Thank you, Lord. The vision, catch the vision of God for your life. This is how you catch the vision of God for your life. Okay. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, this is my people are perished for the lack of knowledge because they have rejected the knowledge. Okay. We don't have to reject the knowledge tonight. We're going to the word. Okay. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. It says, blessed is the man that walketh. T-H means to continue to walk in. I got that from Pastor Vini. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Okay, it says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or who continues to not walk in the way that ungodly people think. Okay, counsel. You can say advice, um, ways of thinking. So if you not walk, it says, blessed is the man that do, does not walk in the ways of thinking of the ungodly. Okay, it's a progression. You start thinking like the ungodly, guess what? You're going to start standing in the ways of sinners. And eventually you'll sit in the seat of the scornful. Okay? But his delight or his enjoyment is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. He meditates day and night in the word. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. 
Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Okay, it says this man is blessed because he doesn't do things the way ungodly people do things. He doesn't stand in the ways of sinners. He doesn't go the way that sinners go. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his enjoyment, his fulfillment is delighting in the word. Okay? So, number one, in order to catch the vision of God for our life, we must begin to get in the word. The word is so important. Isaiah 55, it says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are from the earth, so are my ways from your ways and my thoughts from your thoughts. But they can be. If we get in the word, his ways will begin, begin to be our ways. His th th way of thinking will begin, begin to be the way we think. So we have to get in the word to start thinking the way that God thinks and start acting like God acts. When you think the way that God thinks, you'll always succeed. You'll never fail. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I got ahead of myself. That's all right. Got it. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. He says in Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. But they can be. Okay, let's... Verse 5. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. You notice, okay, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Okay, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that therein. What happens when you start meditating the word? You're beginning to live the word. The way you think is the way you live. The way you think is the way you live. The difference between you and I, I mean, us in a millionaire, is the way they think. They have been taught that they can obtain anything. But the way we think is we have to work and work and never arrive, or I shouldn't say arrive, but approach status. That's the difference between a millionaire and us. It's the way they think. Okay. Notice it says, if you meditate in the word, eventually you do it. What you think eventually becomes your desire. And what you desire eventually becomes your action. And your action determines your habits, and your habits determine your character, and your character determines your destination. So if we can get the word in our minds, eventually we will start desiring the word. And once we desire the word, we become doers of the word. And once we're doers of the word, then we'll have the character of Christ. 
then our character of Christ, the destination will be a hundredfold walk with God. Jesus and God the Father have perfect fellowship one with another. Perfect fellowship. Jesus has a hundredfold walk with the Father. You and I can too if we become like Jesus. The reason why we need to become like Jesus is so that you and I can become, have a perfect fellowship with him like Jesus does. So it says, this, bu- this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. You need to start putting the word of God in your mouth. What, what is it going to hurt? You know, um, there was um, some teaching on naming and claiming, confessing and possess, possess it, grabbing. What is it? Okay. <laughs> all right, that's, that's not all bad. It's not all bad. All right, we did get into the extreme. Okay, <laughs> we admit we're flesh creatures, okay? We want everything. We want to take the sinner man's money and everything. All right. <laughs> but there's a truth to it. We need to start putting God's word in our mouth. In our mouth. Instead of calling your kids bad, call them blessed. Instead of complaining about your job and your school, start saying, I'm blessed. This job is blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. Instead of complaining about our churches, what is not going on right, start confessing. Oh, we got a good pastor. He, we're blessed. This is a man of God. Start calling those things like God sees them. God sees totally different than the way that we see. We start seeing like God sees, we'll be successful. We, and not only will we be successful, we'll have good success. Put the word in your mouth. Put the word in your mouth. You have a problem in your flesh? Sorry, says, I'm, cru- I'm crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. Start confessing that. Jesus will come to you wherever you call him to be. You call him to be your Savior? Guess what? He's going to be your Savior. You call him to be your baptizer of the Holy Ghost? He's going to be your baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Call, start calling him your deliverer of your flesh? He'll become a deliverer of your flesh. Of your attitudes. This is real. This is real. Lord, I thank you. You're the deliverer of my attitude, of my tongue. It says the, the tongue of the righteous is health. It's, there's wisdom in my tongue. Okay, you got a problem lying. Say, Lord, I thank you. I'm crucified with Christ. I speak the truth towards my neighbor. Get fine scriptures and start putting the word in your mouth. You know what's going to happen? Your confession doesn't move God but it moves you in a position to receive from God what you need. So you're ministering to your soul. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 5. We're still talking about catching the vision of God. Number one is the word. You must get in your Bible. must get in your Bibles, not from Sunday to Wednesday to Sunday, but every day. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Or buying back the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Okay? If he told us not to be unwise, we can be wise. Okay? But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. 
Okay, most of us have taken that and said, okay, I'm filled with the Spirit. And they're damned. That's good. But it tells you how to be filled with the Spirit, verse 19. This is how you can be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. So whenever you have a problem with your flesh and your mind, put the word in your mouth. And what you're doing, you're ministering to your own soul. You're ministering to your own soul. Instead of getting depressed over something and crying about it, listening to secular music or gospel music that sounds secular, like the blues. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but we're going to let that go. Oh, <laughs> gospel music sounds like the blues. Okay. But speaking to yourself, you know what I'm saying? Speaking to yourself. Okay, I'm depressed. I got a bill. Okay. I worship you, Jesus. This is speaking to yourself. I worship you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you, the Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. I thank you, Father. You shall, meet, shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I've heard that all my life, but until recently, it became a lie to me. So you're speaking to yourself. You, you're ministering to your soul, to your mind. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So what's happening is you're going to come to a place where your hope is going to cross the line to where you believe. It's not just a hope, but it's actually faith. So speaking to yourself, okay, let's say we got a problem. We're going to get real. Got a problem with lust. Okay, it got quiet in here. <laughs> Jesus, I call you my deliverer. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. And I say I'm free from this lust. I have no other lust but for the word. I covet the gifts. I covet agape. I call those things that are not as though they were. I call myself free. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. So what are you doing? You're ministering to your soul. You're ministering to your soul. I, Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, 25, says I can have what I say. And I say I'm free, Lord. I say I'm free. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm free. I'm free. Walk in the floor. Walk in the floor. It's confessing the word. You're speaking to yourself. You're speaking to your soul. Your soul did not get saved when you got saved. Your spirit got saved. So therefore, your soul needs to be transformed by the word of God. In order to get, begin to think like God thinks, I must begin to put the word in my mouth and speak the word to my soul, and then it will be transformed to what God has called me to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you begin to confess the word. Let it not depart out of your mouth. Okay, you got a problem not um, enjoying reading the word. Start confessing. Lord, I love your word. It's my daily delight. I meditate your word. I med you, can, you can have what you say. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. So start saying what God says about you. You got a problem with depression. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And as you do, you'll begin to believe that. You'll brainwash in your mind and your way of thinking to the way God thinks. And he never fails. He never fails. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anything that you want, anything that God has promised, if you'll put it in your mouth and begin to speak it and worship God over the words, guess what? You'll have it. You know what I began to do? I began to look at myself in the mirror. I said, because I, I had a problem with low self-esteem. I was shy, rejected by the word because rejected by the world because I decided to live for Jesus. 
So that has a lot to do with roots of rejection. So what I begin to do to begin to look at myself in the mirror and say, mm-mm, boy, you successful. You a multi-billionaire. The Lord God teaches you to profit. He gives you power to get wealth. He gives you power to get wealth. And me and Brad, we, we're, beginning, we're going to start our own business and support ourselves to the ministry, through the ministry. We're going to come in and bless people instead of taking up offerings, leaving money instead of leaving with it. So I begin to confess the words, and boy, you're successful. You're the righteousness of God. God, ooh, ooh, you're beloved of God. If nobody likes you, God likes me. He created me for his good purpose, his good pleasure. I'm God. And you, you start saying that and confessing that, you'll start believing it. So put the word in your mouth. Hallelujah. So you need to get in the word. It says in Proverbs that a man's ways are right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the spirit. So you need to begin to put away the way you think, the way God thinks. God thinks so different. So his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. But as we begin to think like he thinks, his ways will become our ways. We have to transform our minds in order to get our lives in order. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as you begin to take that word, it says you sow to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh corruption. But if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. So as you begin to take this word and begin to sow it in your heart, in your mind, in your mouth, you'll begin to sow to your spirit and you'll reap the benefits of doing so. Okay? So your life will begin to change. You have to transform your soul. The, the mind is terrible. It's a, I mean, the way that the world has got us thinking is totally off the way God thinks. So it makes me want to get in the Word more because he thinks totally different than the way I think. I must, I'm, I, in my way of thinking, I think I'm right. Okay? Everybody in here thinks they're right in the way they think. But if what you think is wrong, guess what? The Bible calls it, great is that darkness. If you thought it was light, great is that darkness. That's, that's, that's deception. That's deception. I don't want to be deceived. So that's why I must feed my mind and my mouth and my heart the word. I must get in the word and find out what God says and what he thinks, the way he does things. And when you begin to do that, your, your life begins to come in line. You'll have the hundred perfect fold walk with God. Number one, get in your Bible. Begin to read. We got some tapes back there about meditation. Talking about taking a whole book and going over and over and over and over and over and over. A whole book. And as you do, you'll get what God is trying to say in that book. And then once that comes, once the understanding comes, then I can apply it. It says that I may observe to do. I meditate so that I can observe to do what's in the law. So I meditate, ponder, I speak it, read it, study it, memorize it, put it in my mouth, confess it. Then eventually I start doing it. The same way with your flesh. Problem with lust. Calling Jesus your deliverer, he that the Son set free. You're meditating that. Your mind has been transformed. To what that says. You actually believe it. And when you believe it, your life will add up. Whatever you believe is the way that you're living right now. So if you can change your way you think, 
And the way you believe, the way that God thinks and the way he believes, you'll start living like he does. Hallelujah. The second thing is worship. Catching the vision of God for your life. Word. Get in your Bible. Second is worship. Let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Father, we worship you. We rejoice of your word, Father. Father, we thank you for the word, Father. We're not left without light. We're not left without light, Lord. John chapter 4, verse 23. It says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Since the He's seeking worshipers. If he's seeking something, that means that it's missing. He's seeking worshipers. I'm not talking about an hour ago what we did up here. I'm talking about private worship. Yeah. Private worship. Every day. Every day. Worship. God is seeking worship. Notice it says, God is the spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. The only person who's going to help you how, how to worship is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's your helper. He's called alongside of you to help you, to teach you the word. So it says, he, they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. The word is truth. So why would you come to God anything else than his word? Than his word. With your opinions, with your, what your pastor said, you go to God based on the word and he'll move. So it says, so worship. Worship is important. Worship is not just music. It's not praise and worship. I mean, you can say praise is part of worship. Praise is boasting of God. You're boasting of God. But worship is acknowledging him. It's acknowledging him, who he is. And that's not easy. We say, I can worship. I can worship. Okay. You worship an hour a day. See how your flesh fight it. God told me to worship a year ago. And I'm still struggling with it. An hour a day. I'm still struggling with it. Because when you, when we get, I'm going to give you an example. Worship. Worship is not fancy words. It's just words from your heart to the Father. So you say, say, I'm gonna use this is what I do, my private life. I can only flow out of my, my life. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. These are basically the two statements I say all the time. I love He doesn't care if you, you don't have fancy words, just be real with him. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. Okay, when you begin to do that, guess what? Your mind begins to wander off. You have to go after your mind, pull it back, and make it mean what you're saying. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. 
I love you, Jesus. And you wonder what you're going to eat after you finish praying. I love you, Jesus. <laughs> That's honest. I love you, Jesus, and I worship you, Jesus. I love you. I'm hungry, Lord. I love you, Jesus. <laughs> or you fall asleep. You fall asleep doing it. Okay, you have to make yourself. It takes practice. It takes practice. So you got to practice this. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. And you mean it. Say, Lord, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Knowing what you're saying, putting your mind on what you're saying, your heart in it. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Okay, your mind begins to want to pull it back. No matter how long it takes you, you stay in there until you enter into that presence of God. You have to go beyond the veil of the flesh into the presence of God. The only thing that is stopping, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. There is a veil between you and God, and it's your flesh. We're talking about pressing towards. So you got to press towards your flesh to get to the presence. And when you do that, the presence of God will flood your soul. It will flood your soul. So you must begin to practice this. If you have enough faith to stay in there, say, I believe that I'm going to worship God. I worship you, Jesus, and I glorify you. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. You keep doing that. The presence of God will begin to fill you, and the peace of God will flood your being. So you have to stay in there long enough to get in the presence of God. Just don't run in and run out. <laughs> Lord, I love you. I glorify you. Lord, I need a car. You know, come on. God wants your fellowship time. He wants your fellowship time. He wants to fellowship with you. You know what I'm saying? He just don't want you to come to him just for, I mean, even though he'll bless that. He, he will bless that. You know, we've, we're evident. I mean, we're, we're the results of that. But you stay in there long enough. He says, he that believes that God, I'll say, it's impossible to please God without faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you must believe that God is, and then you must have enough faith to stay in there to get what you're believing for. I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you. I worship. Matthew chapter 6 says, he says, after this man will pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. First thing he taught us, to worship the Father, to acknowledge him. You read in Acts chapter 4, I believe, when the disciples, the um, earlier church came together, and they were praying for, I think, Peter, and it said that, the first thing they did, they, would, they acknowledged God. They magnified God. What does it mean to magnify God? Magnify God means to make him big in your mind. God is already big, so why, why, what can we do to make God bigger? Well, we can make him big in our mind. A lot of times people pray the problem instead of praying the answer. If you begin to worship God and see how big God is, your problem becomes this small. You serve a big God, and your problem is that small. When you come in, you say, God, I need this taken care of, and your problem is this big, and your God is this small. So when you begin to worship, I love you, Jesus, I worship. You stay in there long enough. I dare you tonight, tonight, I dare you. This is a challenge. Go home for 15 minutes. For 15 minutes, worship Jesus. See what happens. Your flesh is going to fight you. Your mind is going to wander off. You're going to, I mean, everything's going to come to you all at once. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? You know, but you stand there. Just words of adoration. I love you, Jesus. I worship. Not fancy words. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I want you to do this for, let's say, a minute. Okay. Okay, go. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. 
I love you. I glorify you. I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you. I worship you. I love you, Father. You're not a man that you should lie. You have exalted your word above your name. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you. I glorify you, Jesus. Jesus, I glorify you. I worship you. I glorify you. Uh, you got 20 minutes, 20 seconds. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. I glorify you. Pull your mind back in. Pull your ma- mind back in what you're saying. Mean it. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I love you and I worship you, Jesus. I love you and I worship you. I glorify you, Jesus. I glorify you. Five seconds. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I glorify you. Father God, I love you. I worship you, Jesus. Jesus, I love you and I glorify you. I glorify you. I glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's hard, man. It's hard standing in the presence of God. But you will get to a point where he will flood you and he'll come along and assist you in it. But you have to have enough faith to believe that he is. Stay in there long enough. Then after you do that, petition him. Just for, you can write this down, Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. It shows you where people came to Jesus and worshiped and got what they wanted. You learn how to worship God, you don't take this the wrong way. You can get what you want. You can get what you've been believing for. Once you enter into the presence of God and you petition him what you believe in him for, we're based on his word, you can have it. Because it says, if we know that he hears us, then we have what we ask of him. So you got to get past your flesh for him to hear you. And you'll have what you need. That's the second. That's the second. Last but not least. Catching the vision of God for your life. The word. Get in your Bible. Begin to conform your way of thinking to the way God thinks. Second. Get in his presence. Worship him. Acknowledge him. Hallelujah. The third one is my dessert. Go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 36. Tonight is going to change your life if you allow it to. If you take these principles, the word worship and this third thing, it will change your life. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for it? Man, this is good. This is good. The word worship. Uh, y'all don't really want it. I'm <laughs> All right. Y'all ready? Okay. Hallelujah. Fellowshipping with God. Catching the vision of God for your life. Get in your Bibles, young people. Get in your Bibles. Begin to worship Jesus. And you can just start off with just being thankful. It says, I'm thankful in our holy generation. Well, you can become a thankful in a holy generation. Lord, I thank you for my shoes. Lord, I know that they're not the best, but I thank you. It says, with godliness, with contentment, is great gain. Father, I thank you for my clothes. I thank you for my parents. Okay, my parents get on my nerves. But I'm going to thank you for them. You know what I'm saying? You know, you be real. You be real. 
You start thanking God for what you have. You know, when you start thanking God, guess what? It opens your capacity to receive more from God. Why should he give you anything that you're unthankful for? So you need more money, be thankful and a good steward of what he's giving you. And he'll give you more. Hallelujah. Being thankful in the holy generation. Third, the third key, talking revival, revival, youth revival. You can't have a revival without particularly this one, the Holy Spirit. If Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25. And this is good. Y'all ready for it? Hallelujah. It says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols when I cleanse you. A new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. It says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. The Holy Ghost has been sent from heaven to help you and I walk this walk. If you will allow him, he will walk you to a hundredfold walk with God. Okay. The Holy Spirit. John chapter 14. This is good. Amen. The word is sweet. John chapter 14, verse 16. He says, And I will pray the Father, Jesus talking to his disciples. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he shall dwell with you, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. Okay, the spirit of truth has been sent from the Father. Call alongside of you to help you walk this walk. You can't do it alone. But the Holy Spirit will empower you to walk this walk. Talking about catching the vision of God, fellowshipping with God. Okay, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you what? And bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave you, and my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. All things. Is that, does that mean that the Holy Spirit teach me how to do my homework? I mean, help me understand. Does that mean that the Holy Spirit will teach me how to do my job better? So he'll teach you all things. He's been sent to teach us all things. And to bring all things to our remembrance, whatsoever I've said unto you. And then he talks about the peace. Okay? Let's go to Luke chapter 24. Still talking about catching the vision of God for your life. Fellowshipping with God. That's the only way you're going to get the vision, the purpose, the plan of God for your life. Is fellowshipping with him. You got to get to know, the, you got to Stop to get to know Jesus. This is um, Luke chapter 24, verse 49. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, 
But tarry ye, awake in the city of Jerusalem, until you be endued with power from on high. So he told the disciples to wait for the promise of the Father. This is a promise sent from God. This is a promise sent from God. Terry does not mean to come at the altar and Jesus, Jesus. It means to wait. It means to wait. <laughs> okay. Acts chapter 1. Scriptures are good. A lot of times we hear a lot of things preached, but we don't see it in the scriptures for ourselves. You got to say, give me, show me the word on that. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days since. Verse 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come up on you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. You should be, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power and then you should be. You should be what God has called you to be after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Okay, I'm going somewhere. Isaiah chapter 28. If you hang in there, I'm going to go somewhere. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 9. Who shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Okay, you say, I don't understand the word. Okay. Then them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue, Will he speak to this people? To him he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was upon them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Okay, he talks about, he's speaking about speaking in other tongues. For the stammering lips with, for with stammering lips in another tongue, Will he speak to this people? Let's go to Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has been sent from God to give us power, to cause us to walk in the statue of the Lord. But when the Holy Ghost came, let's see what he brought with him. It says, and when the day of Pentecost, we know this, right? Especially in our little circles. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to do what? Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The first thing that the Holy Ghost did when he came on the, scene, on, the, on the scene is to pray for them. That's the very first thing that was on his agenda, was to pray for them. This is the language of the Holy Spirit, tongues. How many ever heard about speaking in other tongues? Everybody. How many understand it? A couple. <laughs> I know there's more out there. 
Well, the first thing he did was to pray for them. That's the very first thing that the Holy Spirit came to do is to pray for you. He said he should teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever Jesus has said. The first thing that the Holy Ghost would do when he comes upon you is pray for you. But for the sad part, most of us, doesn't, most of us don't allow him to pray for us long enough. The only time we actually hear somebody pray in tongues is in church. Sanda. Oh, that's it. It stops right there. It stops right there. There's more. I mean, he just to give you that prayer language so you can feel good. Some people say, well, I only speak in tongues when the Spirit comes upon me. Actually, they only speak in tongues when they get emotionless. Emotionless. So every time, see, every time they get emotional, they speak in tongues. So what we need to do is take a hammer and hit them upside the head so they can get emotion and pray. I'm serious. I'm serious. The Holy Spirit has come with this language, and very few of us allow him to pray for us. He's our helper. He's our comforter. But we don't allow him to pray for us. Man, check this out. I can get Bishop Jakes, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, Tony Evans to pray for me. I think God will hear them. But who wants to pray for me more? Who will get their prayers answered more? It's the Holy Spirit. He has come to do, to not do your prayer for you, but to pray for you. To pray for you. He has come to pray for you. God did not give you the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues on Sunday. He gave you the Holy Spirit to pray the mind and the will of God for you. If you don't pray, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to pray for you, you only live this much. When God has said, you can have a hundredfold, but you'll stay at the good, the 30, the low. The Holy Spirit has been sent to pray the mind and the will of God for your life. Now we know that that is the perfect prayer, right? We know the, the language of the Holy Ghost is the perfect prayer. But why won't we allow him to pray for us? If it's the perfect prayer, I mean, I prayed all this time and I still haven't got my prayers answered. Don't you think that he has, he's going to get his prayers answered? Praying in tongues is not meant, has been designed by God for his will to be done in your life. It has been designed to be answered just like any other type of prayer. Just like we pray for people with um, pain in their body. That's prayer of faith, Mark 16. The believers shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Okay, prayer of faith. We believe God is, is answering that prayer. Well, when, what the Holy Spirit, when you allow him to pray for you, it has been designed to be answered. Let's look into this. Okay, Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men, your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Okay, jump down to verse 38. For those of us who don't believe tongues is for everybody, this is all this. Then Peter said unto them, 
Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to who? To all that are far off and as many as the Lord our God should call. John chapter 15 says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So therefore you're called. So this is for you. This is for you. Okay, let's go to Jude chapter 19 verse 20. Still talking about catching the vision of God. The word worship in the Holy Spirit. He has come with this prayer language to pray for us. Jude chapter 19 verse 20. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. They are sense rude. But it said, be ye but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves of your, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to build you up above your problems. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh what? Now is it a mystery to God? Who is it a mystery to? To us. So if you pray in, un, you pray in an unknown tongue, you're not, you're not speaking unto God, to men. But you're speaking unto God, for no man understandeth him. How bid in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Okay? Verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesied edifies the church. When you begin to pray in tongues, or allow the Holy Spirit to pray for you, you are edifying yourself. Edifying means to build you up, to charge you, to build you up above your problems. The Holy Spirit has been sent to pray for you, to pray God's mind is his will, okay? Let's go to Romans 8, okay, let's, right quick, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, 14 and 15. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what the Holy Spirit is praying for me. What is then? I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. Jump down to verse 18. I thank my God I speak it with tongues more than you all. This is Paul. Now, if he had to pray in tongues, do you think we need to pray in tongues? He says, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than you all. So he had to be praying in tongues in between those cities, walking from city to city to city. Hallelujah. It's the same word, how about he, he speaketh mysteries. It's the same word, talks about Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mis- this is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's that same word. So the Holy Ghost is praying everything that Jesus did for you, for your life. He said you were, you were healed, you were free from poverty, you were free from depression, you can be prosperous, 
You can walk with God without any hindrance. So he's praying God's mind for your life. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. The first thing he did is pray for them. The first thing he wants to do is pray for us. Okay, Romans 8.13. For if you live after the flesh, you should die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Okay, how many say, don't raise your hand, have, flesh, have a flesh problem in your flesh that you need to deal with, that God has been trying to get you to get rid of? It says, if you live after that thing, you're going to die. But if you through who? The spirit mortify or put to death the deeds of the body you shall live. The Holy Ghost has come to edify you above the problem that you're dealing with your flesh. He's come to build you up above that. Give me three volunteers. Two more. One more. Stand right here. Okay. We're going to say this is the flesh problem. Let's say it's a bad attitude. Okay. This is the Holy Spirit. This is the Christian. It says, <laughs> I want you to push him, but I know you might be a little stronger than him. <laughs> no. I want you to push him, uh, not really push him, but come against him. But like, let's act like you're weak. Okay. <laughs> okay, he gets some progress. Let's say he disciplines himself against lying, uh, bad attitudes. Pretty good. At least he's trying. If you through the Spirit put to death the deeds of the body, you should live. So together, you all push them. <laughs> That's it. If you through the Spirit, you in the Spirit together can come against the thing that is keeping you from a hundredfold walk with God. Amen. Thank you. So it's you in the Spirit of God coming against that problem in your flesh. So you have any problem in your flesh, we know we all do, but if we will begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in other tongues, the Holy Spirit will begin to edify us against, above that problem. Above it. Edification means to be built up. Any problem that you're dealing with, the Holy Ghost has been sent to build you up above that problem. So I think I will pray more in other tongues. It pays for you to get with God and begin to allow him to pray for you. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth, helpeth, T-H, continues to help our infirmities, our inabilities to produce results in our flesh. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself maketh intercession us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So a lot of times we thought we were in intercession prayer, but actually God the Holy Spirit was praying for us. 
We thought we was praying for somebody across the street. But we were praying for ourselves. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm not knocking. There is a general move where God comes upon you and you're praying for somebody else. Well, a lot of times we oh, Shonda, ha, ha. They try to be all. Actually, the Holy Ghost is praying against things in their life. You know what he's probably praying? He's praying those things that is separating you from your walk with God. Those things that you don't want to give up. That, that's why he is taking the understanding away from you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11. This is a type and a shadow of the Holy Ghost. Up above that problem. So I think I will pray more in other tongues. It pays for you to get with God and begin to allow him to pray for you. Romans 8.26 Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth, helpeth, T-H, continues to help our infirmities, our inabilities to produce results in our flesh. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. For a lot of times we thought we were in intercession prayer, but actually God, the Holy Spirit, was praying for us. We thought we was praying for somebody across the streets, but we were praying for ourselves. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm not knocking. There is a general move where God comes upon you and you're praying for somebody else. Well, a lot of times people, oh, Shonda, ha, ha, they try to be all, actually, the Holy Ghost is praying against things in their life. You know what he's probably praying? He's praying those things that is separating you from your walk with God, those things that you don't want to give up. That, that's why he is taking the understanding away from you. Let's go to Genesis chapter 11. This is a type and a shadow of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to read it for time's sake. And the whole earth was with one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journal, journeyed from the east, and they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelled therein. And they said, one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Let us make us a name. Let us build us a ministry. Let us have a career, the way, what we want to do. Let us go and do all the things that our parents want us to do. Let us be scattered abroad, unless we be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth, the whole earth. Okay? It was God's will and God's plan for their life for them to scatter across the whole earth, to replenish the earth. But they wanted to build a city. So this is what the Lord did. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, this people is one, and they have all one language. And this is they, and this they begin to do, and knowing nothing, now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there are confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth. They left off the, to build the city. Therefore, the, it, the name of it is called Babel. Because the Lord did there confound the language of, of all the earth, from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. God's will for, for them was to scatter, not to stay in one place. 
What he did is he took away their understanding and he still got his will done. That's a type and a shadow of what the Holy Ghost has come to do. God sent the Holy Spirit to pray for you and I without our mind having anything to do with it. He's praying the very will and the mind of God, things that we don't want to get rid of, like lust, greed. And as we begin to pray in these, this, the language of the Holy Ghost, he'll begin to pray and remove things out of your life that you want it, still, you want it to be there. So it pays for me to pray in tongues. So how many think that you're going to leave here and pray more in other tongues, if you can? If you're not filled, you're going to get filled tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Catch the vision of God. The word, worship, and the Holy Spirit. Allowing the Holy Spirit to build you up. Hallelujah. That was good. Hallelujah. God wants to fellowship with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many think y'all gonna how many people here tonight gonna read your Bibles more? I am. What about worship more? You're gonna worship 15 minutes before you go to bed, right? Okay. How many of y'all gonna pray in tongues more? Get the perfect will of God for your life. These are three keys that you can apply to your life that will cause God's will to be done in your life. You can have that hundredfold walk with God if you want it. But you have to press towards your flesh. And 15 minutes is not necessary. You can, you can get some consecrated time, pray in other tongues. But something that me, Brad, and Fields, and Jr. and Carrie and different ones, we start doing, we start praying at our jobs under our breath. I'm not talking about <laughs> people looking at you crazy. You got to say that because people get flaky on you. <laughs> but you can pray under your breath. So what you're doing, even though your mind has nothing to do with it, the Spirit of God is praying for you. He's praying the will of God for your life. So he's praying. He's building me up. I mean, you might have some dry times, but get in there, pray. And not, what, not what I found out of seizing the prayer like that, you begin to get uncomfortable. And what I found out why you become uncomfortable is because he's coming against something that you don't want to give up. And he, he will do that. But you have to be willing to give it up. Willing to give it up. So as you apply this in your life, begin to pray in other tongues. The Spirit of God will begin to take stuff out of your life. And the will of God is be, will be done in your life. The only difference between God wanting to pour out revival here and revival actually happening is our flesh. There's things, and if, if we were to have revival in the way that we wanted revival, the devil would come against us so strong that will literally take us out because our character is not built up enough to sustain that type of anointing. If I had a type of anointing right now that if you brought somebody in here and they did not have a leg, and I prayed for that person and God grew their leg out, don't you think the devil's going to come against me? 
because you're going to get more people saved like that. So what the Holy Ghost is doing, he's building that character on the inside of you. He's removing those things that is not right in your life. Praying in tongues, worship, and the word. Praying in tongues, worship, and the word. Now what worship does, I didn't touch on this, it sustains your emotions. Why? While God is changing your life. Hallelujah. So you don't have to go up and down. Get in the presence of God that sustains you. Anyone here tonight, if you've never received Jesus and would like to receive Jesus or rededicate your life, I'm asking you to come forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here? Two. If you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking other tongues, I'm asking you to come here. If you cannot speak in other tongues, I'm not saying if you don't have the Holy Ghost or not, but if you cannot speak in other tongues, I'm asking you to come. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here cannot speak in other tongues, or not, not even say, I'm asking you to come. Okay. Repeat this after me. I'm going to pray. Father, Father I thank you for your word. I, you for your word. I, have, I have received this word. And Lord, therefore, I'm going to apply it. I want to catch the vision of God for my life. I want to fellowship with you more. I thank you that I'm free in my mind. I'm free from devils. I'm free from the flesh. I yield to you. I give you permission to bring these three points back to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.